Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. What, what the hell are you doing right now? It, it's Sean Connery's birthday. It's his 85th birthday. Hashtag Sean Connery Day. And the man's 85. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he needs to hear your shitty uh, singing. I admire your luck. Mr. Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. Thank you, Mr. Bond. Name's Bond. James Bond. So, Scott. What's up, man? Ready for some Thunderball? Yeah. Sean Connery finally does the gun barrel scene. I didn't notice that much of a difference, to be honest with you. Yeah, no hippity hop this time. It's a little bit of a hippie. Not, it's more like a hip turn. Mm-hmm. You know, like he knows what Bond's doing. He's mm-hmm. not he's not jumping. He's, he's athletically, you know, shifting the core. I didn't notice that much of a difference. Yeah. You want to bond over Bond? Absolutely. All right. What are you drinking today? Beer. I'm drinking a Rum Collins for Thunderball. There's a beer in this movie. There is. Yeah. yeah. So, Cheers. That was an interesting sound. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully this podcast doesn't blow up into a thunderball. novel and the fourth Bond film. It was released in 1965 and of course stars the birthday boy himself, Sir Sean Connery. 0030. Going right into 0030. I will be going first this week, and I'll give you my summary of the movie Thunderball. Are you ready to record me? Our timing, excuse me? I'm good to go. Alright, I am so cold on this, this is going to be fun read. Alright. At the ding. 100 million pounds. That's the price to save the world. Extortion is the flavor of this film. Through facial reconstruction, Spectre has acquired two atomic bombs and is threatening to destroy a city. All O's report and learn of Operation Thunderball. Bond must find the weapons at all costs. We meet Emilio Largo, number two of the Spectre organization, shark-loving, card-playing, woman-keeping. With the help of Felix Leiter, the bombs are located in the Bahamas. The military comes to their aid in what becomes the largest underwater battle of all time. Largo is killed by his mistress, Domino. Bond and Domino are rescued by unconventional means. Just got it in. I think I left out an entire sentence, but uh, hopefully that makes sense. As long as you win, right? As long as I win. There you go. 
All right. That was pretty good, Scott. That was a good summer. It was pretty weak, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I'm trying to be positive. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> I'll count you in. Okay. Three, two, one. Bond attends a funeral for a colonel he wished he killed. 007 follows his widow home. Guess, spits the colonel. Bond kills him and escapes via jetpack. Cue all the gadgets now. Bond is sent to a hell spot. There he undercovers, undercovers something. Turns out Spectre has surgically transformed a man to look like a NATO observer who will hijack a plane with nukes and land it in the Bahamas, where Spectre number two, Emilio Largo, will retrieve the bonds and hold them ransom for dun 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 100 million pounds. In Nassau, Bond uses Domino, Largo's mistress, to get close to the truth. A lady Spectre agent shows up to kill Bond, however, gets shot in the back. Insert sharks, lots of underwater water scenes. MI6, get the noose back. So close. Very close. That'd be like uh, 0.5 over on that. All right, so there you have it. Two failures. I think that's a first for us. I didn't Nobody... fail. I made it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I you, made it. You yeah. made it. It was just bad. It was just you bad, made it, yeah. but it was bad. But eh, you made you it. You know, I made it. Yeah, that's worth something. It was a movie. Yeah. I would have won. <laughs> that would have been a good review. So, any loose ends for Thunderball? Nothing I'm going to take that out. as a, a long no. Nothing's jumping out. I have one you? question for you, go and ahead. I don't think either of us talked about it in our summary of the movie. Mm-hmm. How long do you think James Bond was stuck in that cave at the end? Like, how long do you think he was waiting for someone to rescue him in there? Was it like an overnight? Because here's, nah. here's my question. It was dark, and then Felix saves him. It's light. So is it like like 3 in the morning, 7 a.m. kind of deal? Probably. Or, That's yeah. what I'm going to go with. That's something like that? Yeah. Okay. Because I think they were getting close to zero hour, so I don't think you could have spent a, a crazy amount of time in the in the mm. cave. Mm. And now our my favorite part of the entire podcast where Scott tries to be a salesman. Scott, Bond for the non Bond. Why should I go see this movie? I'm not a James Bond fan. No. Lots of airplanes, jetpacks, 100 million pounds. The world is being held at ransom. Is that the right word? Held at ransom? Held, held for ransom? Held for ransom. And James Bond has to save the day. We're back in the Caribbean. Uh, two atomic bombs. The U.S. and the, uh, the British have to save the world. I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to come to your aid. Mm-hmm. Give another master's class on mm-hmm. how to sell things. We're going to distill everything you just said. We're going to shift it through. Mm-hmm. And sift it? Sift it. Sift hey. it through. Here it is. This is a fun film. Ooh. End of story. There you go. Hmm. Hey, I've never seen Bond. Why should I see Thunderball? It's a fun film. It is a fun film. Done. And that's how you sell Thunderball. At least that's how I would sell. Have you watched Austin Powers? I won't. I'm going to use that later. Okay. I'm going to use that line later. Okay. All right. It was fun. Yeah. The Distinguished Debauchery of 007. Wouldn't go as far as calling you a cold-hearted bastard, but it wouldn't be a stretch to imagine. Then you'll also know that in poker you never play your hand. You play the man across from you. By the cut of your suit, you went to Oxford or wherever. Naturally think human beings dressed like that. But you were it with such disdain. Since MI6 looks for maladjusted young men, I give little thought to sacrificing others in order to protect Queen and country. Beautiful. Even now and then a trigger has to be pulled. 
or not fooled. It's hard to know which in your pajamas. Q. 007. You think of women as disposable pleasures rather than meaningful pursuits. Martinis. Rank on the scale of zero to five olives. I gave this movie 2.5 olives. Just went straight down the middle here. Um, not, I just, a variety of drinks. I have it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. He has a wine, a Dom Perignon, a glass of Dom Perignon, a martini with Felix, and a rum Collins, which we forgot to mention is the drink you're drinking. Yeah, I'm drinking it. Yep. Yeah. Did you say it? Yeah, we mentioned it. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. I had uh, two olives, so okay. I really don't have much more to argue with yeah. you on that one. All right. Casino Royale, rank from lowest poker hand to highest. I gave this movie, you know, again, straight down the middle. I literally gave it a straight. And here's here's my reason. There's, there is one scene, and so I, I, there might be a temptation to go on a lower poker hand. However, the scene in which he's gambling with Largo, the stakes are pretty high. And that's what caused me to, yeah. to go a little, little up on that. How about you? I'm three of a kind, so I'm just just slightly below you. One right. one hand, one uh, ranking below you, and they were quite high considering that he bought in for 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. And after Bond wins one hand in Chem de Fer, uh Emilio Largo raises the per hand stake to 500 pounds. So he could have quickly been out of that game, but luckily for James Bond, he's never lost a hand of Chem de Fer. All right, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Some good trivia. Turnbull and Asser, rank from zero to five cufflinks. I'm going with five cufflinks. Woo! Yeah. Um, continuing from Goldfinger, the man has a lot of nice clothes. He dresses, uh, scanning real quickly. There has to be another ten wardrobe change. There were a couple crappy ones in there, I'll be honest. Um, but a lot of solid pieces of clothing in this movie. A lot of nice suits. And uh, only a couple red shirt things and baby blue occasional. But I think the suit's made up for it. I'm kind of on the opposite spectrum Really? here. I gave it two cufflinks. The only note I wrote down, like really the only thing I noticed, and maybe this says more about me than it does James Bond's fashion in this movie. Uh, here's my note. A lot of booty shorts. That, that's true. A lot that's, of shorty uh, shorts. Yeah, Sean Connery. He's Testicle got, could pop out any second. He's got a lot of leg, and there's a lot of hair there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to his favor in this case. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's uh, good for him, and um, he looks like a swimmer, if you know what I mean. Black tux, though, at the casino. Yeah. Again, maybe it says more about me. I mm-hmm. remember the booty shorts. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay. Aston Martin. Rank from 1 to 500 horsepower. I am literally off the scale for this category. Okay. 500 horsepower is an insult to this movie. Oh. I am more in the 30,000 to 40,000 pounds of thrust. I mean, there was a jetpack. We had the DB5 again, and we got to see some of its uh, weapons. The, uh, the, water gun- the water cannons lead us into the opening sequence. Um, Helicopters, uh, awesome! Uh, the B seventeen Skyhook retrieval at the end of the movie. Another helicopter. I mean, it was just the Disco Valente. I'm going to count that in the uh, the vehicle branch. I mean, it was just a solid movie with a lot of interesting vehicles. Uh, so that's why I am definitely 500 horsepower. How about you? Where are you in this film? 
I 100% agree with you. 500 horsepower is my ranking. Like you said, we've got the Jetpack. We've got the Aston Martin DB5 returns for a second straight movie. Uh, Fiona Velopi's motorcycle. Mm. That was awesome with mm-hmm. the guns attached to it. Of course, the beautiful 1965 Ford Mustang convertible is uh, an American classic and a car classic mm-hmm. in itself. And obviously, as a sailboat owner and a a boatman, I clearly noticed the Disco Volante, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful vessel. And uh, here's here's my favorite part about this movie: the jetpack is real. That's true. That's yeah. awesome. Q yeah. branch rank from zero to five Qs. So I, I went three point five Qs, and yes, Thunderball starts to get gadgety. But here's here's my list. I have the the jetpack. Which, as we said in the last segment, it's a real gadget. Uh, the watch has a Geiger meter. The camera as an infrared detector. The rebreather. The scuba tank with missiles, which is also a vehicle. Uh, the homing pill and the tape recorder. Of those, the homing pill is really the only one that I'm like... I don't <laughs> and I, I think it's ironic and hilarious that you look at the movie and you're like, that jetpack is total bullshit. That rebreather, though... It's, it's a real thing. And it's the opposite. The rebreather is fake. And the jetpack is a real jetpack that somebody, a stunt double, used in the movie. Yep. It's ridiculous. I'm right there with you at four cues. Okay. Uh, so not much. The only addition I have was he had a flare gun as well. A little mini flare. Remember that? That's how we got the helicopter's attention inside the underwater cave. Is that, that uh, Was that a gadget that Q gave him? Yeah, I believe it was. Okay. We'll have to we'll do some fact checking. So we will, go ahead and we'll, we'll fact check that. Uh, freerevolt.blogspot.com. Uh, go to bonding over bond and you'll see our editor's notes on uh, corrections. Okay. But I'm right there with you. Four cues. All right. License to kill. Rank from zero to seven rounds. I give this movie seven rounds. And there's two reasons I'm that high on the chart. One is the killing in cold blood of Fiona Volpe. I think this harkens back to our first podcast when we talked about the killing of Professor Dent. I think those two killings are very different for James. James, he either kills for necessity or in self-defense. Um, and the killing of Fiona Volpe is not. It's He uses her as a human body shield self-defense. instead of attacking uh, the person who's trying to kill him. And then these following three words, and I'll turn it over after this. Underwater mass murder. <laughs> yeah, I, based on my, I, 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 we've discussed offline. I've been very heavy-handed with this category in the other uh, movies. Fifteen kills, I think, is our. Then we agree on that on our notes. Uh, I'm at, I think, just yeah, fifteen or fourteen. Yeah, confirmed. Uh, but I have ten underwater kills right. in the battle. That right there would make it seven rounds in any other movie. Yeah. But this one, I started thinking clearly, and I said six rounds. So I think you made all valid points. The only other tidbit I like is I really like how Vargas was killed. Uh, with the spear gun when uh, Bond was with Domino, and he says, I think he gets the point. Finally, the quote, Bond girls, end quote, rank from zero to five suffragettes. I had three suffragettes. Um, I just kind of middle of the road. I didn't really have a great place for, I, I didn't have a strong... 2.5 is middle of the road. Yeah, well, that's right. A good point. That is solid math. I was rounding up. Um the things I, I liked about the Bond girls, I really liked Fiona in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tons more than Domino. Like, Domino was by far the least interesting thing for me for the Bond girls. I, I would like Patricia in the opening. Make an argument on that. In the spa scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to Heather's quote, 
Heather commented the fact that James Bond essentially blackmails Patricia for sex after the rack incident. Uh-huh. You know, where you know she doesn't want her her manager to find out she could lose her job because yeah. Bond was almost killed in the rack. Yeah. yeah. So I'm at three. How what how are you looking in this category? Uh, zero. Yeah. Zero. I give. I thought. It, I, th- I thought the female character, starting with the very beginning, the tone is sent. The Asian. Um, is, is she French? Is she supposed to be a French spy? Yes. She's yes. French of Asian descent. Yep. I thought here's James Tutor as an equal. There's no. There's a little flirting. A little flirting. But a bit, I think that's natural for James Bond. He treats her as an equal. She helps him escape at the end, um, and then it's one of the few. And we'll get into this more in the next podcast. Uh, it's one of the few positive Asian characters mm-hmm. up to date in the Bond series. I want to cut you off because I really want to get this question to you. Okay. All right. What did you think about when Bond forced his kiss on Patricia in the spa? Where she has him raise his arms and they're looking at the exam and he puts his arms around her and forces a, a kiss on her. I, my exact notes was mm-hmm. uh, Bond gets a little rapey again. <laughs> was my exact note. Okay, good. I'm glad. After, I'm glad you still had your your, yeah. your eyeglasses on watching. You know the details there. And yes. Um, however, uh, Fiona Volpe. So I, I might be, quote unquote, my favorite Bond girl. As Bond girls are defined, I thought she was a great villain. Independent. She was strong. She was good. Um, I'm going to keep going. Okay. Fuck you, Belle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought the speech she gave was great. And I think at this point, and maybe we'll extend this section just for uh, a little bit longer. We may need to extend this on all the podcasts. We, this is where we have our most debate by far. It, it happens. Mm-hmm. This is an important section. Mm-hmm. The speech she gives James. My dear girl, don't flatter yourself. What I did this evening was for king and country. You don't think it gave me any pleasure, do you? But of course, I forgot your ego, Mr. Bond. James Bond, who only has to make love to a woman, and she starts to hear heavenly choir singing. She repents it and immediately returns to the side of right and virtue. But not this one. Mm. Uh, to me, it was almost um, uh, Broccoli and... What's the other producer? Saltzman. Broccoli and Saltzman. Like a Maya culpa for... Hey, we watched um, Goldfinger 2, and um, that was a little, you know, yeah, we read the book, and we kind of fucked up. We didn't, we didn't interpret that. Can we blame right. that guy, Hamilton? I mean, that's, you know, he directed. I mean, essentially, he is he is the director, and, mm-hmm. you know, we can blame it on uh, the writers and mm-hmm. the producers for letting it, for letting it happen. Um, but I thought, so, I was really tough on Goldfinger, and I think that speech kind of I accept it as the apology and the series and Eon Productions saying, you know what, we we were a little off on on that. You know, look at Goldfinger a little differently. Uh, we acknowledge what we did. And I th- they really reset Thunderball with some strong female characters, I think, to counterbalance that and to kind of show like this is what we're able to do. This is kind of the world we want James to to live in. Mm-hmm. And my argument to you, where you said Domino is the least interesting, I maybe I can get how she's not an exciting character to watch, but I my reason uh, I wrote down here in my notes that she has a reason to fall beholden to James. Whereas I feel a lot of female characters in the series, it's just like really like is Sean Connery that attractive that you just saw James Bond and you're like yeah, okay I'm gonna fall into your arms. For Domino, it's my brother died. 
and you're you're helping rectify that. Domino, I need your help. Of course. That's why you made love to me. Look, I can't explain what this is all about, but you must trust me. Because you want me to help you. Look, Lago had your brother murdered, or it was on his orders. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people will die, and very soon, if you don't help me. And so, again, we're double-ding. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Domino for that, and then finally, and I thought him and Domino, ex- maybe going back to From Russia With Love, I thought the actors had really great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery, the actress, they played did. Domino. You can even see them on the off on the extra extra features. Yeah, they and, seemed and like it, they had and, a really great chemistry, and that came along. And then my last four words: uh, "Saved again by a girl." That's five words. But, uh, okay, yeah. good. I, I'm going to make Sorry one for comment. For so long. No, this is great. I, mean, I think we need to rethink about how long we give for Bond girls. Yeah. Uh, one comment, and I don't want an answer. I just want to think about it. Okay. I really think Fiona turned out to be how pussy galore could have been in Goldfinger is a powerful female. No so, comment, please. So since this is radio and you can't see me nodding my head, <laughs> I'm thinking about you're what you're thinking saying. About it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it about it. All right. Welcome to Bonding Over Bond. Running rankings. Cars. I think this is an easy one. We can make up some lost time here mm-hmm. from the last section. Aston Martin DB5 makes a return. It's the number one end of story. If you make an argument, I will reach over this mic and just slap you. Main movie song. Um, I have Thunderball and the top third is where I project it's going to be. I project out it's going to be in the, the top third. I know we're not a trivia podcast, but I found this hilarious and... I'll uh, we'll listen to it here in a second. Did you know Tom Jones? Yes, that's like, a, I was just... like he passed out on that last note, and we'll listen. We'll listen here. So he strikes like So I mean, I can't imagine hitting that note, and he. He just holds it. And so he described it. He just got like really dizzy and kind of faint and had to like sit down. But still, that's some commitment. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably have it in the top third as well. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed it. Good agreement. Opening sequence. Here's my one word. Awesome. Sean Connery opens it up. Again, no stupid hip hop. The cold open. I really liked it. It was a nice little like mini plot that's important and kind of sets up the plot but could be unrelated. I think it's top tier. Uh, the transition to and from the title sequence, great. Also, and I know this is a little childish, um, and the title sequence, mm-hmm. nudie ladies. Were they that nudie? Yeah, they were, nudie. they were nudie in this Okay, one. here's the only thing I'm going to point out about the only sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these are my exact notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I conveniently left my jetpack on the roof here. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, did we not think about that? I mean, I'm just going to walk out this door and go get my jetpack right there. That's the only problem I have. Two other quick comments. I, I found it comical that the reason he knew it was Colonel uh, Jacques Beauvert was the fact that he opened his own door when he was in, in drag. Uh-huh. And I also found it quite awesome that if you notice when Bond and the French agent he's working with 
are fleeing from Beauvais' people, he still manages to open the door for the French agent. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very classy James Bondish. Yeah, that is. The villain. One word, Spectre. I'm going to have this in the top level. You got Spectre Organization, Emilio Largo is number two. Mm-hmm. Let us now proceed with new business. You will hear from number two who is in charge of our major project. The most ambitious Spectre has ever undertaken. Your report, number two. Thank you, number one. Our intention is to demand a ransom from the North Atlantic Treaty powers of $280 million. $100 million. I have sent Spectre agent Count Lippi to the south of England, where he's making the necessary preparations. I'm I'm with you. It's gonna it's gonna be pretty high up. I I really enjoyed Emilio Largo's character. Um, I didn't care for the and Fiona Volpe. Uh, yes, she's, she's pure villain. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, those were those two by far. Like the second tier guys of Vargas. And sharks. There are a lot of sharks. Uh, but Vargas and Janus, like the sub-tier villains, I would say, they, they didn't really do much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Fiona definitely... Um, uh, one of the other things, Angelo, the uh, the guy that uh, gets the facial reconstruction. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a villain, right? He's, he's villainous. Yeah. He even has the douchey move of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you ransom. Yeah. I'm going to ask for more money, yeah. which was a good business move. On his mm. part, but hey, dude, mm. you don't start the mission until you get the effing money. Yeah, well, you, you just don't you don't blackmail, you don't extort. I always screw that up. Blackmail's the vessel of extortion. Uh huh. You don't blackmail. Sure. You don't blackmail Spectre. You don't. They yeah, are the masters of the game. It's what Spectre's all about. Exactly, but you don't do it to Spectre. I think they would appreciate. A I mean, good we, extortion. we learned that in the first oh, the scene where number one kills. I think it was number fourteen That's or nine. That's stealing. He was extorting from. No, he was stealing. Isn't that not? Ex- no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, That's he was. Just he was. Uh, he was fudging the books. The technical, whatever. We're getting. We're getting the weeds. But either way, yeah. he was taking money from them. The actor's portrayal is Bond. James Bond. Sir Sean, he's still one or two. I think he just confirms that stronger. He's he's in full control of James Bond, the character here in Thunderball. Is he starting? Knowing knowing his character and knowing how he's evolved, did he hit a peak in Goldfinger? Is he plateaued? Is he starting to come down in the James Bondiness of Sean Connery? Since we have a we have a minute to the, uh, allocated to this, category. do you just want to do you just want to shift into the movie? This is kind of a movie. Sure, sure. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and continue on to the movie. Rank the overall movie. So I'm going to answer your question from the Bond actor. Section. I guess we'll we'll jump into into that. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say Thunderball and Goldfinger are linked by the success of the movie, and that is gonna parlay into the trashiness of the next movie. So I think what we ha- we have here is a three parter, in which Goldfinger sets the tone of like okay, some spy mania. In the movie world, Goldfinger is, you know, highly regarded. You come from from Russia and Goldfinger back to back. These are great movies, and then you kind of you start trapping James Bond the the series. There's certain things that need to happen. We're gonna start going to go over the top a little bit, uh, but I don't think Sean's acting has gone down yet. I think the movie surrounding him 
has started to shift mm-hmm. a little bit. So in that, I'll, I'll there's Goldfinger may be the height of Sean Connery as the writing. The writing for Goldfinger was probably the height, and then Thunderball is kind of a little step down, but it's aided by this the sequences. Mm-hmm. I think are a little more exciting. Uh, Thunderball is a little you know more actiony than than Goldfinger, and then I think those two movies are going to trap. You only live twice into being something just too much. It folds yeah. over in its own weight. Falls off the falls yeah. off the other side of the cliff. I mean, do you think Terrence Young read the writing on the wall too? And that's why he never came back. Yep. Um, I think it was more of they had used some of the best Ian Fleming material. Okay. And I think that may have been, you know, he had put his stamp on on James, and then I think he saw like the classiness, like he had really set the tone, and and what more is there to do, mm-hmm. you know, as an actor. In the movie section, I, I don't know if we would do service. You know, again, this isn't a trivia thing, but you kind of have to talk about it because the the real life is going to start affecting James Bond here really quickly. Uh, in this movie and the next movie, and then obviously Sean Connery is going to be absent mm-hmm. from uh, On Her Majesty. So I think the legal issues are important to talk about. Uh, we mentioned way back when in Goldfinger, or excuse me, I'm sorry, way back when in Dr. No. That Thunderball was originally everybody wanted it to be the first movie mm. of the Bond series. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But Doctor No was picked, and the reason for that is the legal issues with Kevin McClory, yep. who had originally written a script way back when uh, in '58, I think it was, with Ian Fleming, and that script didn't turn out to be anything. And so Ian Fleming then went and wrote Thunderball in 1961, and he was sued by Kevin McClory, who said, "You took points." You took plot points from our script. And so because of that, Kevin McClory was given movie rights Mm -hmm. to Thunderball. And because of that, uh, Broccoli and uh, Saltzman were worried that McClory would go off the hinges and create his own bond and they would start something. So they they brought him into the fold, you know, at this point in the series and they create Thunderball. And this little legal issue is going to come back and haunt them in 1983 and a little movie called Never Say Never Again. Yep. So that's a, this I think it, it was important to set the seed of trivia. Yeah. Which again we're not you know we're not a Wikipedia, but it's important, you know, it's gonna set the tone here in about 10, 11 podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Um before we get into our kind of standard love hate kill parts of the movie and realism. Yeah. Um is there any other tidbits we want to throw out there about the movie? The fact that Thunderball... I was really surprised about this, especially with the Craig movies. Mm-hmm. Do you know Thunderball to date is the most successful James Bond film in the entire series? From a financial Financial grossing? standpoint. Yeah. yeah, when you adjust for inflation, no movie has made more than Thunderball. So they spend a million on Dr. No, two million on For Much With Love, three million on Coldfinger, and four million, I believe, on Thunderball. And they brought back one point, or excuse me, $141.2 million in 1965 money. It's a lot of cheese. You adjust that. It was the, uh, I think, the number two movie of the year worldwide. And did you know, Scott, did you know this? That Thunderball won an Oscar for visual effects? Really? So did Goldfinger. Goldfinger and Thunderball are Academy Award winning movies. As they should be. Yeah. I, I fully endorse that. Now let's get to the plot. Let's get to let's get to Thunderball. Did you like it? I 
I liked it a lot more. I, you know, I happened to watch it again. I had watched it earlier when we talked about this idea of doing bonding over bond, mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. like, "This is campy, man. This is downhill. This is mm-hmm. this is Austin Powers' world here. I, I don't like it at all. I don't know what it was. I think I, I think I got distracted through it the first time, and I didn't give it its the, the full effort. I really enjoyed it this time. Yeah, I enjoyed Thunderball. Yeah, and uh, maybe I just took the time and focused in on it i love the setting uh, as we discussed earlier i loved all the vehicles in it there are definitely things i didn't like in the movie but there's nothing i would kill in the movie do you think thunderball is real um let's see let's talk about the realism for a little my bit. notes here realism a fucking jetpack do i it's a, it's real, a real thing it's a real thing i know but i also feel like I don't. It's it's a real life thing, and I feel like it is the most unrealistic thing in the movie. But yet somehow, yet somehow, it's a real thing. I know, I know, and it's a. Uh, it was meant for frontline infantry guys to get over, do recon, and whatnot. Yeah, that's but crazy. I don't think it ever was in service. Uh, I don't. I don't think the movie is as far. F- I think people. You're gonna, falsely are you recall. Gonna, you're going to defend this movie more than you. Did, more, you're going to say that you believe this movie is more realistic than Goldfinger. No, I'm okay. not going to say it's more realistic than Goldfinger, uh, but to be fair, I think our crack research team has done some research, and some of the things I called out in Goldfinger That's true. are a little bullshitty. They're a little bullshitty. A little bit. I mean... A little bit. Uh, and then I'm, you know, honestly... Do we want to admit, discuss that, or do we want to... We'll, we'll just admit that, it, you know, and then... And it wasn't we'll, a big we'll deal. Go right? to on the website, and we'll yeah. talk about it on the website. It was about crushing the car. Yeah, that was a, that was a thing. Um, and... Uh, in this movie, I think people misremember because of Austin Powers. They think back to Thunderball and they're like, oh, this movie's really unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it, it's kind of convoluted. Mm-hmm. It's it's more realistic than people think, uh, especially when you realize that Jetpack is a real functioning Jetpack. Uh, but to be able to do facial reconstruction, get in an airplane with two atomic weapons, mm-hmm. kill everybody on board... Crash landed into the ocean, sink the aircraft. Oh yeah, can we talk and about steel? Can we, can we talk about the that? Weapons. Can we talk about There's that? There's a lot of things that have to work out. Can we talk about that plane? The Avril Vulcan landing in the water, ditching. We call it ditching. You yeah. ditch. Can we explain it? Sure. Yeah. I Go mean, ahead. I mean, you can ditch an airplane in the water. I mean, look at uh, the Miracle on the Hudson. I mean, that was a different airplane, but that's kind of you can do it. Hmm. So it's not impossible. There would have been damage to the bottom of the airplane. I mean, that plane seemed like in good condition. It did seem like in pristine condition. Right. But, I mean... With two nukes on it. Yeah, but they're not active weapons, so they should be able to handle some knocking around. Even though I did love... Did you notice on the side of the bombs it said, handle like eggs? Hmm. That's good advice. <laughs> so that's probably not what that ditching in the ocean would have been like for them. I don't think so. Um Underwater landing lights. I mean, I guess, you know, the, the Disco Valente with the, you know, the cocoon ship. I mean, there was a lot of far-fetched things just slightly over the edge, which I understand why the when I watched it earlier, you know, the series, I say the series is starting to get a little campy. But it's not it's not too far where I hate it. I think it's reached the height of what's real and what can't be real. And I think it's starting to... I, it, I think it's at the tipping point. I agree with that for the it's most part. It's at the tipping point. I think it's starting to come down the backside. I don't know if it's on the backside yet. It's debatable. A, I, I, yeah, it's debatable. And that's what did you love about the movie? I will tell you what I noticed that I love so much about this movie, and I'm going to be looking forward to seeing if I see the same characteristics going forward. M, I'm starting to love how 
uh, oh lord, he's uh, the man that plays him, uh, Bernard Lee. I'm starting to love his character because he is the first to bust James's balls about anything. You know, when he shows up late to the meeting. Mm-hmm. Now that we have all arrived, you know, I love when he says that. But when any, oh yeah, how are we how have we not mentioned all the double O's? All the double let, let me finish my comment here just because I, I love it so much. But he's the first to defend James when anybody questions. Yeah, if James, it's a good boss. if he has reason to believe we should be there, then we, then he has my support. Right. So I really love that. About great boss. But that scene, you want to talk about the scene? I love that scene as well. All the double O's are in one room. How boring did how bored did like double O four and double O six look? I mean, they were like slumped over with their hand on their head in that briefing. Not only that, but if you go back to the beginning of the movie, so and we'll we'll talk about. Um, in, a, in an odd job podcast uh, here later some reoccurring characters this movie not only do you get to see 001 to 009 you also get a reference to 00s with um, the colonel at the beginning of the movie James is seeking vengeance because he's killed That's right. some 00s that he's yeah. worked with you sound disappointed you did not kill him yourself huh? I am Jacques Bouvard murdered two of my colleagues Yep, and so I very good on the very double O E. I don't think any movie will have that number of double O's for the rest of the series, if I recall uh, correctly. What did I love about the movie? The Spectre rings. You're wearing the same ring as Largo. It's a ring I like to wear. Yeah, I like that little gag that you know everybody's wearing the rings and the design of Spectre with its tentacles and the reaches of the, you know their goals. And I really like this quote. Uh, one, because as the history major in me, like I knew the, the wording was wrong, uh, but I liked James's intent. And I think it says a lot about the character, and I like Sean's delivery of it. What I did was for king and country yeah. when he's being held capt- yep. uh, captive by uh, Fiona. Fiona Volpe. Uh, the incorrect part is it should be what I did for queen and country. At that time, as Queen Elizabeth had been the queen for, I think, roughly 12 years at that point. So, <laughs> Didn't so even James, dawn on me. James, James should have gotten the memo that uh, King George there had been passed for a bit. Uh, but I understand, you know, he probably grew up with uh, King George and he served in World War II uh, under King George, as we see it and his medals. Uh, he does have that he served in World War II. Oh, first time we see Bond in uniform. Yes, he's a commander. Yep. Commander James Bond, Bond is, a, is a commander. What did you hate? Is there anything you hated about the movie? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take that line back. That's before I have to correct it. We don't see him in uniform until you only live twice. All of that was incorrect. That was all incorrect. So we caught our error. I apologize for that. I'm sorry. Ask your question one more time. Uh, is there anything you hated about this movie? Uh, uh, there's two quick things I've already said about the hate, but I want to point out one thing. Did you notice the dog peeing during the, dunk, in the, during the Junkaroo? No. <laughs> I just don't know why it caught my attention. There's a dog peeing in the middle of the scene. So go ahead and watch it slowly. You'll see a dog peeing. Uh, What I hated about it was not that. Uh, As I pointed out already, the series is starting to get a little campy, starting to come down the backside of the hill. Mm -hmm. Still near the top, though, so it's acceptable. Yeah. The other thing I hated, Bond and Domino effing. The whole stupid scene. Yeah. Yeah. I hated that with a passion. Did you know that originally her panties, or her bathing bathing suit bottom... Float up, and they were like, oh, that's over the line. I would have liked that's... that better. I would have liked it better, honestly. A little more? Yeah. What did you hate about the film? I wrote down one thing for hate. I'm going to kill a few things. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Felix Leiter is uh, just a little bit too cool. Yeah. Just like an awkward amount of, of cool. 
they haven't been able to bring back Felix like they did, uh, and and Doctor No. Yep. They they're struggling to find. He's that busy tone. with Hawaii Five O. Yeah, unfortunately. I you familiar with Dickie Barrett and the Mighty Mighty Ballstones? Yes. I refer my notes say Felix later looks like a blonde Dickie Barrett, and he's a helicopter pilot. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was. Anything else? That was your one thing you hated. What Those, did you, what did, I have nothing for kill, so what do you for have kill, for kill? And this goes back to real life is starting to affect the movie. Um, I think Connery should have been handled better in real life. And by that I mean the contract was originally written. Obviously Sean Connery was a little known actor at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably got short, short-sighted on some money. I think they should have renegotiated that contract and be like, you know what, Sean? You've done a huge service for us. You've made James Bond, you know, the most popular spy in the 1960s. You've started the spy movement. Mm-hmm. You can't go anywhere without being confused for James Bond. Here's a little more cash. And you know what we're also going to do? We're going to protect you a little more mm-hmm. while we're filming. Yeah. We're going to do some stuff to make you, James Bond, a little happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I would have killed that. How the producers, how Broccoli and Schultzman treated Sean... Uh, he wouldn't even act when they were on when they were on set. Uh, they started arguing, and then once uh, you only starts, he doesn't even interact with them anymore. So I, I thought that was unfortunate, and I thought you would enjoy this little piece. He was so angry during this time in 1965. Sean Connery, and this is unheard of in modern days. He only did one interview for the entire uh, lead up to the film, right. and it was with. Do you know who? Oh, I I, I do. Uh, uh... For time's sake, tell me. Even I'm going to yell in a second. Playboy magazine. <laughs> I should not gives, remember that. He gives know. he gives the following quote, which I think will it's a perfect way to end this segment. Uh, Sean Connery says to Playboy, "I find that fame tends to turn one from an actor and a human being into a piece of merchandise, a public institution. Well, I don't intend to undergo that metamorphosis." I want you to imagine that last line, though, not as I'm saying it, but as Sean Connery would say it. Just. Get in your head that Sean Connery voice and picture this last line. Well, I don't intend to undergo that metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I, I hear you, and I know you want to end on that, but I just to add to your point, I think it's important to realize that this is the fourth film, James Bond film, he's done in four years. Yeah. I mean, that has got to be overkill. Especially when you look at the schedule now for the Bond films, you know, three, two to six years yeah. between films, so... I had to wear on him. He always runs while others walk. Next for us here at Bonding Over Bond is the end of the Connery era. Be sure to download all of our podcasts on iTunes and tell every one of the Bond fans you know. Follow us on Twitter at Bonding Over Bond. Like our Bonding Over Bond Facebook page and send us emails, please. We want to foster this community of bonding. Let's get a mailbag segment going. We would love to have that. Talk to us. Email us at bondingoverbond at gmail.com. And of course, you can always head over to www.freerevolt.blogspot.com. Click on the Bonding Over Bond tab for more content, trivia, news, and corrections uh, as needed. Remember, when you get plastic surgery and work for an evil corporation, demand your blackmail payment before you agree to finish the mission. 
Thank you for bonding with us here at Bonding Over Bond. Until next time, shake it. Don't stir. Who takes all and he strikes like Thunderball. Yeah. Sean Connerly. Sean. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Take two.